You're listening to Countdown to Eternity, online at countdown the number two, eternity.com. This is the weekly ministry featuring well-known author and apologist Don Stewart and Pastor James Cadiz of Calvary Chapel Signal Hill. Together they examine current events and connect what's going on in our world to Bible prophecy. Here's Pastor James to set the table for today's talk. Well, hello, my dear brothers and sisters. We are getting very close to celebrating the birth of our Savior, and you are here with us for another episode of Countdown to Eternity. We do absolutely have a lot to celebrate, but the news is crazy, and the single subject we'll be talking about today is out of this world, quite literally out of this world. I am here with the great Don Stewart. Don, how are you, bro? Uh, doing great, James. Uh, as always, looking forward to doing another Countdown to Eternity. Yes, and we have a lot of great stuff to talk about, bro. What an exciting time for us to be living in. Uh, the world in which we're living is so like unbelievably obvious to us. It's becoming more and more obvious what's happening. Um, we know uh, that the things we read about in the Bible are being set up. The stage is being set, like you've talked about, the stage markers. And the content of our conversation today, and I'm going to let you go on with this because it's important, uh, comes from a single title. It's a single headline. And the headline is Elon Musk's SpaceX developing military version of Starlink satellites. There is so much to say about this, Don. Why don't we start with the content of the story, and then we'll talk about why this is such a big deal. Yeah. Um, Starlink, the development of Elon Musk, is something that literally is going to fulfill, uh, seemingly fulfill anyway, Starlink, what the Bible talked about, uh, particularly in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 11, Revelation chapter 13. Uh, we could also look at Matthew 24, 15. And the bottom line is the, the Bible looks at a world, James, in the future where at one particular time, this final Antichrist, the final world leader, many Antichrists are coming, according to 1 John 2, 18, there will be a final one. He, along with his cohort, the false prophet, who will basically propagate this, will have put the whole world uh, under a, you know, here's the command. You can't buy or sell without the name, which is the number of this beast, this final Antichrist, the right hand of the forehead. Now, in doing so, there's an assumption in Scripture that the whole world can view something at the same time. In Revelation chapter 11, when the two witnesses die, it said, are killed by the final Antichrist, it says for three and a half days, uh, the whole world celebrates. Now, think about it for a second, James. In the first century, even regionally, how could people celebrate, how could the word get out even very far regionally in three and a half days to cause everybody to celebrate and give presents? It assumes some type of world which was not there in the first century, wasn't even here in the 20th century, and now we're into the 21st century. We're almost to 2023. We're now finally seeing a world where this can become a reality. So this is a huge story. And the reason is people look carefully at Scripture, uh, even back in the 70s and 80s, said, you know, there seems to be something missing, and that's the ability of the whole world to watch something at the same time. But now, and I'll let you go in the details and talk about Starling, and, and there's so much behind this, uh, what they are, who, what that means, and the military aspect, and why we should pay a whole lot of attention to it. Well, and Don, there's a context here that requires a lot of nuancing, because when you just look at a simple title like this, right, where uh, SpaceX is developing a military version of Starlink satellites, it, it, it doesn't really 
provide the kind of impact that you might get from establishing the context of uh, this type of uh, conversation. I mean, if when you think about it, um, we are talking about the military use of particular satellites that have been in development for a long time and are being developed. And you might think, well, that in and of itself is not that big of a deal until you stop to consider Elon's overall vision for how Starlink is actually going to be used. For example, you have Starlink, you have what is called Neuralink. Neuralink is Elon's company in which they are uh, already, they're announcing it. They're going to be starting FDA tests. Uh, this is uh, this is a very, very important thing. They're going to start these trials uh, within the next six months, uh, probably a little sooner than that, where they are ready to implant these inside the brains of human beings, which will fix current problems that exist within their body. For example, he's hoping to fix the problem of uh, paralysis, um, fix the problem of certain nervous uh, system conditions that might cause uh, slower processing of brain data or brain waves. Um, there's a lot of things that he's talking about, but perhaps one of the most uh, significant aspects of what Elon Musk is about to do or is seeking to do is he's also creating a uh, sort of a communication mechanism that he considers to be far more superior than anything humans have been able to achieve outside of the technological uh, infrastructure in which they develop. So let me give you a scenario of what this looks like, right? You have Neuralink brain chips that are being connected to remote devices, which are in essence connected to repeaters, like the kind of repeater that you would see for a phone, which in essence are connected to uh, these uh, Starlink satellites. Now, the interesting thing is, if I want to make a phone call to you, I would pick up my phone, I would find your name in my memory, and I would hit dial, or I would dial your phone number, I would call some, or call you, have a conversation with you, and that's it. Or if I wanted to text you like we text all day with one another, then I would just simply type in the words that I want to share, hit the send button, and that's the way it goes. But Neuralink is designed to want basically to get you to do this from thinking those things. You don't ever pick up a phone. You don't ever have to uh, touch any buttons or anything like that. And even your phone calls, when they come in, would be processed differently than the way you process them right now. So when you take that, you implement it with the use of satellite technology, the kind of satellite technology they're developing, this is a lot different than um, the TBN era, where everybody said, we're broadcasting to the whole world and this is fulfillment of Bible prophecy. No, what's actually happening now is we're not just broadcasting to the whole world. What's happening is we're getting inside the mind of people, right? It's, it's a notification system that guarantees that every single person who was a recipient will listen. So if there's ever been an infrastructure being promised here that is indicative of the same one that we read about in Revelation chapter 13, this is going to be it. We are literally walking into the world of the Antichrist, and the significance of a military version of Starlink satellite pretty much means that Starlink's going to stop following a lot of the normal consumer rules that they have to follow in order to operate in the commercial uh, industry because now they are facilitating uh, 
some kind of functionality for military purposes. So this becomes even more significant because when we talk about a private company like this becoming a military asset, this goes back to the thought of Prince Charles when he stood, and now he's King Charles, but when he stood in front of everybody around this time last year at COP26, and he told everybody that we have an obligation as nations to marshal the strength of the global private sector, right? I mean, you think about that. A military-style campaign marshalling the strength of the global private sector to accomplish the purposes that they want. This is all Antichrist talk. This is crazy. Yeah, and, and the thing of it is, James, it's happening at such warp speed here. It was just a few years ago what seemed like something impossible or what even on the drawing board. And now you have uh, these satellite dishes that are being reproduced that could be set up literally anywhere on the face of the earth. I told the story last year when I was speaking at Calvary Chapel East Anaheim, which, by the way, I'm going to actually do a talk there um, finally uh, on Sunday morning on January 1st on the 10 top stories to look forward to in, in 2023. But anyway, I, I mentioned uh, my top story of the last year was the satellite technology and Elon Musk with the these dishes where everybody theoretically on Earth could, could view it, receive it. And when a man came up to me, waited to the end, and he works for uh, SpaceX, and he was telling me, he said, yeah, uh, right now, and he's explaining how they, they, they worked it all out. And he said, by the end of 2022, which is now, he said, we should have the whole world covered. And the idea is, and the, here's the example he gave me. If you're out in the Gobi Desert and you have a computer and a dish, it's all you need. Uh, out in the middle of nowhere, and you can get on the internet uh, right there with the satellite technology. So literally, the t satellites will be placed in, uh, there'll be thousands of them, I believe, by the time it's all done around the world, where anybody, anywhere, anytime, if they have the right, you know, dish, they can aim it at the, or the, I didn't, as you told me earlier, you don't even have to aim it. it just, no. It, it just uh, turn it on, and it finds the satellite, and voila. So theoretically, James, in the not-too-distant future, now we don't, you know, very near future, theoretically, you know, we have to get the dishes out there, whatever, or probably, and maybe, and I'll leave you with this one, you got the Neuralink, but a phone or something else, some handheld device where anybody, anywhere, anytime can get this message from the final Antichrist, the false prophet. And uh, here's here's the word, guys. Uh, you can't buy or sell without the mark. So this is not science fiction. This is coming to be a reality. And it's an anticipatory mechanism that they're building, right? They they want to know if you're even thinking about yeah. uh, going off the grid and doing what you're doing. And they're going to be able to see it. And I uh, showed this on our live uh, news show, but this is a bag that I normally carry around with me. Um, everywhere I go, I take this bag with me. And attached to this is a phone that I never use. Um, it's a satellite phone, and I only use it for emergencies. And back in the day, if you had a satellite phone, it was typically in a briefcase. You would open up the briefcase. You'd have to set up some big, huge, massive dish. You'd have to have computer equipment to show you where to point the dish based on the synchronous orbit of uh, particular satellites. And that's kind of the way it worked. Now, if I want to make a satellite call, I can even be under a tree. I just go outside. As long as I've got a reasonable view of the sky, I just go outside. I don't even have to do this, right? And, and for those of you that are hearing, what I'm doing is extending an antenna on my satellite phone, which can kind of uh, just, you know, flip a, a few ways. That click you're hearing is me flipping it, right? And what's amazing is I can get a satellite signal Literally, this is no joke, Don. I can get a satellite signal within about uh, five seconds. 
I mean, it's it's that quick. Not to mention the fact that Apple's uh, new iPhone, which they have just released, uh, they were excited to announce this in their iPhone 14 that it actually has direct satellite access capability, right? So if you have some kind of a uh, an emergency, you can actually get to somebody for help using sat phone technology instead of having to be out in the desert, not having a cell signal and pretty much dying because you're in, you're in uh, a dire need. It's amazing where this stuff is going. And this goes right back to the infrastructure necessary in order to accommodate the things that we read about in Revelation chapter 13. Now, let me ask you this. How hard do you think it'll be to convince people to this Neuralink technology? Will this be in everybody or will they say this could be, you know, the mark of the, not to take the mark of the beast. If you have it, if you have this Neuralink, we know whether you have it or not. How do you see all that working or do we, is it too early to tell? So this is kind of interesting. There's a big picture that kind of goes along with this, right? Um, First of all, I think you know this because we talk about this all the time. So before I comment on this, I have to preface what I'm about to say by bringing out a couple of very important uh, points, right? Number one, we know that the mark of the beast is a physical mark, right? We know that it's on the forehead and the right or the right hand. We know what the mark will be, right? It's the it's the number of man. It's six six six. We know it's the number of the beast. So um, people that say that this shot is the mark of the beast or uh, this microchip is the mark of the beast, that is not correct. That assertion is based in um, assumptions that take you far away from what the literal text tells us. And this is a major mistake, by the way, that we make. Thank God, not us, but a lot of people will make when they go through the book of Revelation. Uh, a great example of this is, I believe it's, uh, and it's off the top of my head, but I think Revelation 9, right, where uh, people look at this 200 million, they call it a 200 million man army from China, when the Bible doesn't speak about any of that, right? They're conflating the kings of the East with this passage in chapter 9, when in reality what we're talking about is we're talking about a real literal force of some kind of demonic creatures. If we took the Bible literally, this would not be a hard time for us to understand. So the mark of the beast is not an injection of any sorts. The mark of the beast is not um, any uh, vaccine, as some people might say. The mark of the beast is not any of those things. The mark of the beast is literally a mark that goes on the forehead or the right hand. Now, with that said, I do believe that the mark will carry a very practical implication, right? Uh, The mark will be a, uh, this is my belief, a mark of pride. It will be something that people will view as fashionable in order to denote the fact that they have already integrated themselves into the mandates being created by this final Antichrist. Because here's the thing, here's the other thing we have to nuance this with. And that is the fact that people who do take the mark are going to know exactly what they're doing. Not only will they know exactly what they're doing, but even while being begged by angels, angel, you, Revelation 14 tells us, hey, don't take the mark. They're going to be warned, yet they're going to be doing it. So the fact that they are going to be excited to take the mark is indicative of the fact that they have already bought into the digital culture and society that the Antichrist will deploy. Uh, they are going to view the cashless mechanism as uh, something of convenience. Now, I have to admit, I think there are aspects of this 
that I, me personally, have already viewed as convenient that I don't really want to be without. Like, for example, I don't like carrying cash. Most people don't like carrying cash. You carry cash, you, you know, you, that's stuff that can get taken away from you. If you lose your wallet, you lose everything, so on and so forth. I went to the furniture store the other day with my wife, and I left my wallet at the house. And I never do that. But it came time to pay for the, for the furniture. And I had nothing to pay for it. Of course, my wife doesn't have anything on her. You know, she's just got the babies in her hand. And I'm just thinking, how in the world am I going to do this? So I went to the, to the merchant. I said, you guys take Apple Pay? They go, oh, sure. So I click two buttons on my watch and I wave my watch in front of the scanner. And whoosh, sure enough, they got it. The money's out of the bank. Everything's paid for. It's all fine. You, you go through the drive-thru and you order a soda or a cup of coffee or something like that. What would you rather do? Reach into your wallet, grab a few dollars or even a credit card for that matter, uh, swipe it into their machine, and then go ahead and put it back into your wallet with your change? No, it's really easy to just stick your arm out like I do all the time at McDonald's or wherever I go, and I have them scan it. Here you go. Like you can, uh, for those of you that are on our watching audience, take a look at my watch right now. All I have to do is simply double click on the side, right? And then you can actually see as I double clip on the side, you can see the little Visa icon. All you've got to do is go and you scan that. And once you scan it, it's a wrap. There's, there's nothing else to be said. And um, uh, people are going to love that convenience. This is the, People are not going to be looking at this as a bad thing, right? And if they can already do it with something like this mandated medical procedure that's going on, where they already view that as a mechanism of convenience, how much more are they going to jump on the ball when they don't have to worry about carrying money, when, um, you know, governments are already offering people, you know, thousands of dollars more than what they already have if they use their central banking system, uh, digital currency. Uh, people are, I don't think that this is going to, people are going to have a hard time accepting this. Remember, when credit cards first came out, nobody liked that idea, especially those that were uh, looking at end time scenarios and stuff. Oh, that's crazy. I'm not doing that. Then that became really convenient. And pretty soon credit cards stopped becoming convenient because they can be ripped off. They can be duplicated. They can be swiped. They can do whatever. Now it's, it's all digital. Here, I'll scan my phone. I'll scan my, my watch. Um, right now in the UK, they just started implementing now putting chips in the skin. And those chips are doing now what the watch does, right? So it's getting easier. It's getting more convenient. Amazon has facial recognition. They have handprint recognition. They're also now beginning to talk about um, even recognizing items that are in your hand that you take away. It's all about convenience and people are going to jump on that. People don't want to reach into their pockets and grab a wallet. People don't want to get out of their cars. People don't want to do any of that. You remember a time, Don? I don't know what maybe uh, eight years ago, nine years ago, where it was unthinkable to go through a drive-through like Jack in the Box or something and actually do anything other than pay cash. Now it's unthinkable to pay cash because you're holding up the drive-through. <laughs> it, it is amazing how things change. And, and the thing is, the uh, one of the, my 25 signs we're near the end and is the exponential increase of technology. And I think that's an understatement now because some of the things we're talking about were just... Uh, you know, science fiction just a few years ago. And the idea that the whole world could watch an event take place and that people had the capacity to, to have some type of reception device worldwide was, again, even with the internet now, it's what only like a third of the world has it or is even wired up. But now with the, this increase of making it simpler, and like you said, if you take away cash, everybody has to have some type of device that will uh, 
and make uh, transactions, which of course you can communicate with that device. You can, you know, from, from whatever. And so it's all coming together and it's come together at such a rate, James, it's kind of blowing our minds. It's so quick. And like you said, the convenience factor, because here's the thing, you and I are learning about this. The kids growing up, that's all they've ever known. Tim Cook, the leader of Apple, the president and CEO, said the next generation of kids won't know what cash is. Because, and they're, again, right now it's hard because they're so used to paying everything, you know, by this, by that, um, you know, some type of uh, digital payment. They don't even know. My daughter had to, she's uh, renting a place now and they wanted a, a check. Well, she doesn't write checks. She does everything digitally, sending money, you know, and, you know, and she was, she's almost 24. And so the idea is uh, this is the world they're all used to, used to living in. So this is not going to be a big change for people, because as we've said, we say it over and over again, this doesn't happen overnight. It happens incrementally and people get used to it. It is convenient. And before you know it, uh, taking the mark of the beast will seem like, well, it's something convenient. Yeah, okay, I'll worship this person and the devil. What do I care? There's no God anyway. And his, his cohort's doing miracles, so why not worship him? So this is where we're going, what we're headed for. Don, when I graduated from high school, right, we were still writing checks at grocery stores. I mean, honestly, credit cards were still like, yes, we had been using credit cards for like 10 years, but most people didn't prefer to use credit cards. They were just writing checks. I, I remember when I was a kid, the bank saying, we've got this new thing called the debit card. Nobody bought into that. They didn't know what that was. That was a gimmick to us. If it was plastic, it was credit. Nobody even thought of that. So yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And perhaps the most staggeringly wild part of all of this is how quickly it's graduated over the last uh, few years, right? If you try to write a check at a grocery store today, they'll laugh at you. It's an amazing thing. It's gotten to the point where the only time I write checks now is for big dollar items, which are very rare, or when I'm writing a tithe, when I'm, you know, when I'm tithing to the church. And most people that tithe to the church now don't even want to do it that way. The bottom line is this. We are headed towards the world of the Antichrist, and it's a lot faster than a lot of people think. Don, listen, we are literally out of time, and I'm telling you, we could have dedicated five episodes to this. I want to give you the last word because, obviously, you have a very valuable way of wrapping things up and bringing us to a place of being encouraged because we know that we have a lot to look forward to because even— Listen, let's just say the Lord doesn't come back for us in our lifetime, which I hope is not the case, but let's just say that's the case, right? We still are going to experience meeting our maker at some point, no matter how we, no matter how we cut it. And there's so much to look forward to for walking with the Lord. So I'll let you have the last word. Yeah, thank you, James. The uh, technology we're talking about today is something that is assumed by scripture, something that is literally impossible until our day and age, in fact, just in recent times. And it's just the beginning of more things that are going to take place that sets the stage so perfectly for the Lord's coming. Now, the reason we do this is not just to tickle people's ears or, uh, you know, talk about, well, here's the latest headlines. The reason we do this is to show you that God has told us these things ahead of time so we can anticipate what to see. And as we keep chucking off the list, all these things, it's amazing how all the things are coming together. The nations that are going to be involved at the time of the end, the technology that's there, on and on and on again, where you literally can't make this stuff up. And so the whole reason we do this at the end of the day is to bring people to the person of Jesus Christ. He claimed to be the way, the truth, and the life. He claimed to be the one way to get to the one God, but he not only claimed it, he gave evidence, his miracles, his fulfilled prophecy, and his resurrection from the dead. And particularly the unknown future talked about from anywhere from two to 
uh, three and a half thousand years ago. We see it being fulfilled right now, right in front of our very eyes with the Bible predicting that no human could even begin to guess. So bottom line, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's shown us the roadmap to the future. He asked us now to do something very simple, believe in him. Amen and amen. I have nothing to add to that. On behalf of the great Don Stewart, this is James Cadiz. We hope you enjoyed watching this or listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. We love you so much, and we want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Countdown to Eternity. Look up, because our Lord and Savior may be coming sooner than we think. We think uh, maybe it's a year from now, maybe it's a month from now. We think maybe a year from now, maybe it's two years from now. The point is, get ready. We can't set the dates, but we can anticipate his return, and that's what God has called us to do. We love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Countdown to Eternity with Pastors James Cadiz and Don Stewart. Did you know you can hear our program by podcast? That's available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also at countdown2eternity.com. Countdown, the number two, eternity.com. Don Stewart is an author. Some of his books include The Rapture, What Happens One Second After We Die, and Heaven. You can access all of them for free at educatingourworld.com. Again, educatingourworld.com. Pastor James also releases daily videos. Many of them relate to Bible prophecy. It's a good way to stay up to date with current events. Follow Countdown to Eternity, Educating Our World, and James Cadiz on Instagram and Facebook. And then subscribe to our YouTube channel at Calvary Chapel, Signal Hill. By the way, that's the place to go to watch the video version of Countdown to Eternity. It's on Rumble and YouTube. It's your generosity that helps us bring these shows to the radio and internet every week. So thank you for standing with us at a critical time in human history. Donations can be made at CountdownToEternity.com. That's all the time we have for today, but come back next week as we continue to count down to eternity with James Cadiz and Don Stewart. This program is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Signal Hill.